It's episode 86 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Today we're going to be talking a little psychology about relationships and what you need to know about yours. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, aka the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. All right, welcome to this episode. I am your host, Jason Lavoy, aka the Divorce Resource Guy. And today we're going to go into a little psychology. I always love psychology because if you know anything about me, you know that in college I would have majored in psychology, but statistics got in my way. Yep, not only that, but basic statistics. I, would, I couldn't even pass basic statistics, but I found out if you minored in psych, you didn't have to do it at all. And so, of course, I minored in psych. But if you've been following me for any period of time, you know that. So let's get on with it. Today, my guest is Stephanie Costello. Now, Stephanie has over 10 years of experience in the mental health field, working with individuals ranging from 6 to 50 years old. Attending school for criminal justice, human services, psychology, Stephanie has learned all the essential skills to relationship building. She's a mom of three beautiful children, and being diagnosed with PTSD, the struggle of working through these life changes has propelled her ability to support people in receiving the diagnosis and going through labor was the easy part. Finding the inspiration and belief in herself was the real challenge. So let's get right to it. I want to talk with Stephanie. I want you to hear our conversation about relationships and what you need to know to make sure that you are in a healthy one yourself. So without further ado, here we go. Stephanie Costello. Stephanie, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. So I know we were talking off air and I was telling you how I start off all my shows and you're no different. So mm-hmm. my first question to you is going to be, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got to this point. Yes, absolutely. So I've been in the field of mental health work for 13 years now and ongoing. Um, I primarily worked with kids with autism for the first 10 years. And when we work with kids with autism, you work with all the people they work with too. And so it was interesting to get this very Uh, what's called a systemic view of the family system and humans and how we, when we, when we corral together, how we work together and what we do in that time together. And so um, I had three children. And when I had my second, I was like, there's no way I can work full time anymore with two children. And then knowing I wanted more. So I became an entrepreneur working with women in their homes around um, intimacy and sexual health and, At that point, they were like, I need more help. I don't just need a fun ladies night. So I brought my mental health support together with that desire to help people on intimacy, uh, which is not just what happens behind closed doors. It's how we bond as people. And that's how I am where I am as an intimacy and relationship mentor. So three children. Three children. I have one and I think that's enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's a handful. Um, How old are your kids? Mine are seven, six, and three. Tiny. Okay, nice. Yeah, mine's seven and uh, going on 28. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So is my seven-year-old. Oh, yeah. Is a girl boy? Girl. Yeah, so you can empathize with me. I can. (laughs) So that's an awesome background. Um, And, you know, I love when you kind of said, you know, 
dealing, working with other people and kind of figuring out how people, human beings work together. Mm. Um, human beings are, are funny creatures, aren't they? <laughs> aren't we? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that if you could, if you could make any sense of that, that is um, gold right there. Mm. Um, so I thought today we could talk about a couple of things, but one was a lot of people listening to this, like I was telling you off air, you know, are dealing with divorce in, in some way, whether mm. they're, um, you know, mentally there and they haven't done anything yet, you know, to start the process or they're in the middle of it or, or even near the end and looking at their post-divorce life and trying to figure out what that's going to look like. But there's a common thread in all of that, which is relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought we could talk about, you know, how do people, you know, when you're dealing with conflict in relationships, which is inevitable, um, what are some of the best techniques that people can use to do it effectively and in a healthy manner? So, you know, they don't end up in divorce in the future. Mm, such a great question um, with so many layers. I think <laughs> to, to address the, the people who are in the relationship, I think that's the best place to start versus like if you're thinking about dating and you're thinking about getting into a relationship, how do you set yourself up for success so you don't make the same mistakes that you possibly have made before? Um, but to, to address the people in the relationship, there's there's a need to figure out what each other desires. And, and when we're thinking about what each other desires, we're thinking about the images we have in our heads, right? For example, the word love. We all have, we know what it means because there's a dictionary that has a definition of the word love. However, we all have different images and pictures and tastes and sights and sounds attached to that word love and what it means to us. And so when we're talking to somebody that we're in a relationship with, each party has their own lens or view of the word love. And then we're trying to communicate that to each other. And sometimes we're like missing the mark. And it's like, how is this possible? Why do I keep missing this mark? And it's because the, the images that are we're share, trying to share with each other are not necessarily what each other has. And so there's a need to figure out, well, what, what does love mean to you? What does love mean to me? And, and what does love mean to both of us? And how do we find that middle ground? Right. And that's a conversation that, you know, I don't, I really don't think many people have that, you know, uh, in, in a, in a blatant way, which I think you're kind of suggesting that they do. Um, right. A lot no. of people assume that they know what love is and they assume they know what their partner wants. Right. But that's kind of, I guess, where the whole men are from Mars, women are from Venus book kind of yeah. came from, right. Is that that whole miscommunication there. And so, I mean, how do, when do you start? I mean, that's a pretty deep conversation, right? To have somebody. So you're not going to have that on the first date. Right? Definitely when, not the first date. Wait, right. So when, like, when do you suggest is the best time to, to ask that question or to, to start probing like that? You know, I often hear you're so intense, like lighten up a little bit and, you know, and, um, I was going to give a funny family joke, but I won't. And no, so no, it's <laughs> okay. Um, I, I drink, I don't know, once a year, maybe. And, and um, my family sees like, I recently attended a wedding and I had a white claw, which I have no idea reference of like white claw, what that means to drinks and stuff. Cause I don't drink. I don't, I don't particularly care. Claw. It's like a 
some sort of canned drink that I had. I never heard of that either. Okay. So I'm sure some listeners are like a baby because it literally, it was just something like a salter or something like that. And my family's like, oh my, Stephanie is letting loose. I'm like, I don't understand. Like I I'm loose all the time. Like, am I like, what's going on? Like, I don't understand. Right. So I just kind of whatever enjoyed the situation. Um, It's great to enjoy letting loose. It's great to enjoy the flowiness and the exciting excitement of a new relationship, right? But sometimes you need to get down to business and, and getting down to business shouldn't be this like, oh no, we're going to have the tough conversation. So let's avoid it. Right. Right. Um, And so you had asked like, when, when should people have this conversation? Well, for me, it's, it's like, once you experience something, you kind of, your body knows you get this gut instinct of like, I didn't like that. I'm not really sure what it is, but I, it, I didn't like it. Something about my body is reacting to that. I need to figure it out by the third time of, of feeling that thing really. Okay. What is this? And asking and talking about it. I have no problem with being straightforward to the point, like, let's figure this out and move this on because that's the other thing. Um, I forget exactly how to vocalize this in easy words, but oftentimes couples will avoid making a tough decision because they think in the moment it's easier to do. And then long-term it's actually more detrimental. So do the tough work now get over it, move, not get over it, like get over it, but overcome the mountain, right? Move past it so that you can actually start living your life and don't hold on to it either. Move past it, let it go, right? Overcome it, fix it, stick to what you say you're going to do. (laughs) Don't keep doing the same thing you say you're not going to do. And then things should get better from there. So, right. So in essence, what I'm hearing is, you know, sweeping sweeping it under the rug is not exactly. the best way to handle the situation right. and when you were referencing uh, it was interesting when you were referencing you know getting that feeling that you don't like but you're not sure what that is like going to that just a little bit more like what did you sure. mean by that do you mean when something bad happened or could it be something good happened and maybe it's like the buds of love but you don't know what it is what did you mean mm. by getting that feeling So it could be good or bad for sure. I was definitely referencing more challenging topics than good topics. Um, Trying to think of an example for me. I mean, a common, uh, not mistake, but a common example for some couples is like the toilet seat, right? That's the stereotypical thing about the toilet seat being left up. Truthfully, I don't care about the toilet seat. The toilet, left it, leave it up, put it down. I don't care. Just make sure the toilet's clean. That's what I care about, right? So important. like the toilet, it is important. We Nobody wants to sit on a dirty toilet. <laughs> Your house so, is not a public restroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you go to the, you, you go to the bathroom. Somebody went to the bathroom. There's a little bit of a mess. Okay, fine. That's like, oh, that's weird. That's kind of, okay. In, in, I'm talking, you know, I'm, I'm actually referencing a, a topic. My husband and I have been together 11 years. So this is something recently that is like with five people in the house, we all need to be responsible for the dishes, the trash and the toilets, right? Like that's just, it is what it is. There's no housekeeping staff taking care of this. And I most certainly am not going to be the housekeeping staff. That's it, so it. yeah, exactly. So I, um, speak up about the toilets. Right. And then I go back to the toilets again. I'm like, Oh, like I have this internal reaction to this, but it's deeper than just dirty toilets. Right. I genuinely, I do care about the toilet, but in the grand scheme of things, I really don't care about the toilet. What I care about is that I've been asking for something to be done a certain way. 
Um, and, and out of like being a good cohabitating partnership, I'm, I'm being disrespected. I'm not being cared for equally in this scenario. And that hurts. That's the part that I genuinely care about. So when you're, when you're talking to her about, or you're discovering those gut feelings, you really got to get down to figure out like, if you genuinely just care about having clean toilets, great. Have be, be vocal about that. But for me, it's deeper. It's the teamwork. So, so I love that. And I'm kind of glad we, we got on this toilet topic, not to talk about <laughs> toilets, although that's fun too. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want a clean toilet, but yeah, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you, so there's, there's two things that I'm thinking about based on what you, that story, which I love you just said, which is one, how you kind of come to the conclusion that, you know, the toilet is a trigger, mm-hmm. but then you, 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 dig, you dig deeper and you figure out it's a trigger for what, right? Mm-hmm. And you did that whole little internal analysis um, to get to the root of the problem, which was that you were felt disrespected. That I think takes a lot of work and you have a background to do that. Yes. But how do you suggest somebody who doesn't have a professional background like that do that? Because I think that's necessary, right? To kind of dig into not just a surface problem, but what's the underlying issue? Mm, yes. Uh, head trash purge is what I call it. <laughs> oh, I love that head trash purge. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, give yourself 10 minutes to write out this, be as petty as you want to be. And I effing a hole, whatever you want to write, right? Like whatever you feel like purging out of your body and out of your mind for a story, purge it, get it out, experience it, and then figure out what is it that you really want pertaining specifically to the situation. So once you purge for no longer than 10 minutes, because you don't want to give yourself too much time to wallow in that, or else you will get lost and then things will get worse. Uh, So if you feel like you need a helper, in that moment, then make sure you reach out to the right person to help you in those, in that scenario. Um, but then if you set the 10 minute timer and you're disciplined enough to stop there, move on to writing your true story. Like, what do you want in the situation? If you could wave a magic wand and have it exactly how you want to have it, what would that be? And so for me, it would be swept bathroom floors and it would be teamwork on caring about the home together and all those other integral parts of being a team and running a business, essentially a home together. Yeah, that's, that's great stuff. And it's interesting that you said, write it down because I also do a similar exercise um, with my divorce coaching clients where I, where I tell them to, as an exercise, write it down because there's something that happens um, between my phone's going off. Of course, always no something. Yeah. Um, there's something that happens in your mind between you know what's going on in your mind, thinking about something, and then putting a pen to paper, mm. right? And then I even say say it out loud because there's another connection there. And I'm not a psychologist right. by any means, but I know there's something there because it works. Yeah. And uh, do you know what is going on there? <laughs> in in simplistic terms, it's your your subconscious mind holds messages and stories and beliefs, and when you Put, when you tease them out of your subconscious mind, which is uh, automated and auto, just you're living your life on parts of your life are live automated through your subconscious mind. So when you can tease those stories out of your subconscious mind and bring them into your frontal lobe, 
you're able to put words to them. You're able to describe them. It's not just running in the background. And when we just keep things running in the background, they, they come up over and over and over and over again until we finally give it the attention it needs. So that's kind of bringing it from the background to the foreground. And using your senses to do that. Yes. Yeah. All right. I love that. I knew there was a reason. I just didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. That's awesome. And the other side of this coin, while we have some time left, that I, I thought maybe we can touch on is once you do that and you understand why you're feeling the way you do about something, now how do you present that to the other person or your family okay. and, and get yes. them you know, a tough conversation? So source of conflict, but mm -hmm. right. So this kind of, I guess, covers like tough conversations. How do you have tough conversations with people? Um, because I don't know how in your house they react. Like, how do they react to the, uh, you know, why, why do I have a dirty toilet? <laughs> yeah, um, not always great, but that's okay. And I'm okay with standing up and having that challenging conversation because I deserve to have the same, I deserve to have the things that I desire in life too, right? And so that's the first stop, step is knowing you're an amazing human and you deserve to have your needs met. Uh, so long as they're respectful and responsible and not abusive or neglectful to other people. Right. Um, and then how to, how to embrace the conversation or how to even start the conversation. Let's start there. If you need more support with that whole, like, um, mustering the courage to have the conversation, that's a different, that's kind of different talk, but to actually have the conversation, three simple steps, validation, intention, and action. Okay. Starting your, your communication with a, a validation of some sorts. So for example, um, my husband just went back to working in person. So our schedule has drastically changed and things are going to fall off, right? I know you're working hard. I know I'm working hard. Clearly the both of us are exhausted. We're working wee hours to week to late hours and barely getting any sleep, right? Any time for ourselves. Totally get it. Validation. My intention in this conversation, like I really, what I'm really looking to achieve here is for us both to feel respected and not feel um, misunderstood or like we're hating on each other, right? These are more, as you, as you pointed out, like I'm, I'm trained in how to have this conversation. So they might not, they might feel more clinical than genuine. So fill in your words. Don't have to use my words, just fill in whatever you would say when you're saying, when you're giving somebody a validating statement or comment, and then you're set telling them what you're really desiring to achieve in the conversation and then have the conversation. Can we please the action being, can we please work this out so that we have a schedule in place or we have something that this does not fall off because it feels blah, 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 blah to me. Um, and it hurts when I see it and I don't like it and I need it to change. I love, I love the fact that you, you gave us those action steps and then the big question, the big potato in the room is, uh, nobody ever says that potato in the room. I don't know where yeah. that came from. It's, okay. <laughs> it's usually an elephant, right? But what if, or when they disagree with your concerns, you know, and they're not, it's not necessarily being disrespectful, but I guess it could be seen that way, but let's just go back to the toilet seat. You know, you feel like you're entitled to have your needs and wants met, right? right? And live the way you want to live and you want a clean toilet. Right. What if for some reason they feel that that's not important to them or not that it's not important to them, but it's, they don't, they don't want a clean toilet. And, you know, if you want a clean toilet, that's your issue. And, and so how yeah. would you, when they don't agree with you, 
and your request, um, mm. even if it's presented properly, you know, in the way that you're talking about, how do you handle that in a, yes. in a healthy way? That's very, it's tough. It's tough to handle it that way. Right. Cause then, um, like you said, some people can say, well, having a clean toilet is your problem. So do it yourself. Right. They, they can totally dismiss what you're, what's really happening there for you. Um, so maybe they don't say that maybe they're just actions. They say they're going to do something that they don't actually do. Right. Their actions. You, you say you bring it up once you have a conversation once happens again, happens again. I'm a three strikes year old person by the third time. That's where people are like, oh, you're so intense. No, I hold people and myself to a certain standard. And it's in order for us to live our life, our time is so precious. Like, I don't want to keep wasting my time on this conversation. So how are we going to be efficient together as a team? That's where you go back to like the team parts of it. And so at that point, it's not about the conversation. It's not about the toilet anymore at that point. Right. It's about how are we working foundationally together as a team? And, and are we meeting each other in the middle here? Are we going to be able to meet each other in the middle? Right. So maybe the person doesn't actually want to put effort into cleaning the to partner, doesn't want to put effort into cleaning the toilet, but they put effort into something else that you don't. Maybe that's just your designated like this is if you want it that way, have it that way, but do it yourself. Right. So if somebody, if their partner wants something else that they want a certain way, awesome. You want it that way, have at it, do it yourself. And that's just your designated responsibilities in the relationship. It all goes down to boils down to uh, the, the foundation again of the agreements really that you're making. And these are, these are agreements that aren't well, they're sort of contractual if you're married, but um, (laughs) you know, the household agreements aren't necessarily things that people discuss on a daily basis. Usually there's just natural agreements that we do blindly really based on how we were raised and what people share with us in society, how society tells us we have to live as humans. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a need, a significant need for communication about what are, what are we doing together? Like, what's life like? Yeah. I lost you. I my internet just went kaput. Yeah, you went <laughs> you went dark and then you froze. I'm like, no. Yeah, I was like, right, that's a great part of the conversation. Okay. I know. So I don't I couldn't tell you where you stopped, but like back up a little bit and how do you want to do it? You just want to start over again a little bit? Do you remember what you were saying? Um I was just, I literally, as I was talking, I was about to end. So um, we were talking about teamwork. Oh, the foundation. So, yeah. So this is, this is how I think we'll end it today. Um, That, but like you said, it all comes back down to communication and Mm -hmm. right. You know, it's funny. People don't often have, whether they move in together for the first time or getting married and that's the first time living together, it's an adjustment, right? It's a big life change. And uh you know, my, my younger brother who's older, um, is getting married too, uh, soon. And 
Um, they're both older and they just moved in together and it's an adjustment and yeah. <laughs> everybody's style is different and they didn't necessarily have that conversation first. Um, and I'm not sure you have to, right? That's not the point. The point is to have it um, and, and to have it in a healthy manner where you both, you know, can communicate what each other wants and needs. Um, and then I think the essence of your conversation, your, your point was, compromise, right? It, it all comes down to being willing to compromise and work together to find a, a, a good solution. A resolution. Yeah. Like what's your middle ground and knowing that that compromise is going to evolve over time. Right. People, right. It always changes. It's always fluid, um, yeah. which is why that conversation, you might have to have more than once in, in your life and it might take on different contexts. Um, but right. It's just, communicating regularly communicating with people right exactly yeah when we're two people and not five people i'm not going to care about the toilet as much <laughs> well that depends yeah maybe i guess <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's amazing how you can talk about life you know using the toilet analogy you can you can really cover a lot of information <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> too funny it's, it's all about the toilet. <laughs> um, well, Stephanie, this was really great. I could talk to you for another hour easily, easily on this stuff. And maybe mm-hmm. I'll have you on in the future. We can cover some other topics too. Yeah. But how can people find you? Uh, my website is www.safetyinsafetyinfreedom.com. Uh, and then the, the intent, the, the three steps that I gave you, you can get that a free checklist at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash assertive communication. Okay, awesome. And I'll put that information in the show notes too. Yeah. And do you work with individuals helping them uh, deal with all this stuff? I work with couples and parents. Uh, I primarily focus on military first responders and their families. Okay. Um, and so yes, individuals, but definitely prefer the system to, to kind of show up and, and have an impact on how the whole system works instead of just one little piece trying to make the system work themselves. Right. You're dealing with, with both pieces, both main pieces. Yes. Which, which is great. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great talking to you. And I know everybody listening got a lot of golden nuggets out of that. So thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Another one in the books. I hope you enjoyed that talk with Stephanie. I know I did. So if you're looking for help with your divorce and you don't know where to reach out, well, you don't have to look any further. Contact me, Jason at JasonLavoy.com, and I'd be happy to talk with you about either of my programs. I do run a group program, divorce coaching program under Divorce You, which you can learn more about on my website. And I also offer one-on-one personal divorce coaching where we take a deep dive into your specific situation and give you the best strategy to move forward and succeed. Check out the other episodes of my podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe and you'll get all free episodes, of all new episodes when they come out. And I guess it is free. And if you like what you're hearing so far, I would love it if you just took a minute and wrote me a kind review on iTunes. That really means a lot to me. It makes uh, me feel that everybody's listening and getting value and keeps me motivated to keep on going. All right, because I'm doing this for you guys. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.